Welcome back, y'all, to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast about hip-hop, entertainment, dating, sex, relationships, and social issues from a sometimes ratchet, because you know how we do, but mostly woke perspective. So listen and subscribe to That's What I'm Saying. We're on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio. I think we're on Spotify, Pandora, all of that. And watch That's What I'm Saying, the TV show on Island TV. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TwizPod. So I'm Sean. And I'm Shatara. Hey, my sister. How you doing? Hey, I'm good. How are you? What's I'm going so on? It's so good to hear your voice. It's been good a to hear you. Yeah, likewise. How's um? How's the weather? Do you really want to know? It's beautiful here. Mm. <laughs> I think I just ask that just because I think one day you're going to be like, <laughs> we have snow. I don't right. Never. No, 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 no but I, I can say to you, like, winter is coming. <laughs> You know what? Goodbye, John Snow. Okay, yeah, I will not bend to me. Bundle up. Mm-hmm. It's a cold winter. No, it. I was so mad. I was like, "What do you mean it's going to be seventy degrees tomorrow?" <laughs> so the temperature's dropping slowly but sure. We had some bad rain slowly coming. Slowly but surely. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Know, I'm, I'm, I won't put away my summer clothes though. I just decided, like, I'm not putting nothing away. Nope. Well, I refuse. Yeah. I will not lose. Denial is a disease. Well, you know, I'm going to be in summer weather in the winter time. How about that? Okay. Oh, you come down here? Oh, how about that? I have other places to go. How about that? Oh, okay. Mm. Oh, oh, Florida's not the only place that's hot. I don't. I, mm. How about that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, what do we call this episode? This episode is, and I'm not, <laughs> no disrespect to the all massive. This episode is called Give Them a Run. Give them a run. Give, give them, them a run. run. Yes. <laughs> and as we, this time. as we give them a run, we're also going to have a special guest, which is Mr. Michael Navarrete, who is the author of Shallow River to Deep Ocean, my friend. We're going to shoot Yay. the shit with him. And it's going to it's gonna be dope. So in the meantime, before we give them a run, um, <laughs> let's talk about this ratchet running we got going on. Pine so, River. Pine Bank. I mean, listen, I mean, no disrespect to the all massive okay check it out shikari richardson all right it's, it didn't happen yeah uh, uh, mm, shikari you finished in ninth place which was last with a time of 11.14 seconds um you know this was a hundred meter dash y'all uh, you lost to three jamaican sisters who came in first second and third all right, all while playing the nike commercial that aired during the race so there was elaine thompson uh she has uh, confirmed that she's the fastest woman on the planet, followed by second fastest in history uh, with arm's reach of the world record, Shelly Ann Fraser-Price and Sharika Jackson. Okay, Sharika. I love that name. Yeah. Uh, th- listen here. So, and of course, we were listening for uh, her response. And now this is my sister because our names are, you know, we have one of those names. Mm-hmm. And she went on to say out of breath, uh, this is one race. She said, I'm not done. You know what I'm capable of? Count me out if you want to. Talk all the shit you want uh, because I'm here to stay. I'm not done. I'm the sixth fastest out of breath <sighs> woman in this game ever. Can't nobody ever take that from me. Um, so, 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 right then. So it was. It was kind of like this is not the time to to do a versus. Um, this is not the time to buck buck a shot. Um, you know, why can't you just give props to the, Hey, listen, they ran a good race, blah, blah, blah. Like you already had the spotlight and they smoked you. I, you know, I'm just feeling like a lot, there's a lot of pots out of here calling the kettle black. Cause we're talking about people, the, you know, this is an elite group of, of people who are out here in these streets running. And, you know, I was listening to Roland Martin, who I'm, who don't look like he run a goddamn place. Talk, oh, you know, you got smoked at the pre-Fontaine like a big Jamaican blunt. <laughs> now, granted, it was a little funny. But I'm like, you know, because the internet was crazy. But Black Twitter was was a Twittering. It just, leave the, little, leave the lady, leave the girl alone. You know, I mean, I'm glad she can run with all them lashes. That's what I'm saying. Look at lashes and lace front. Lashes and lace front. Here come lashes and lace front. Morning. Even if she came in nice. So, you know, I was just like, man, you know, the internet was crazy with all the memes, you know, taking back her her chain, you know, (laughs) 
<laughs> Nike taking back the endorsements, you know, like, oh. oh, I just thought of Cool Runnings. I just thought of all them zooming by. Remember Cool yeah. Runnings? When they all three, zoom, I just see them zooming right by her. That's what I thought. I was like, when's that meme going to come out? Cool Runnings. Give but, them a run, then I give them a run. <laughs> and the thing, you know what's so funny? I was watching this and I was seeing her response. She said, you can talk shit if you want. And I had to look like, what channel is this? I was like, what channel are you watching? Like, oh, just, for real? They didn't, they didn't bleep it out? No, I was so shocked. I didn't know what channel I was watching. And I was like, you know, I just thought about it. And I'm like, this is a different generation because there's a time and a place. There's really a time and a place. And I just felt like, you know, in this, you know, I know a lot of athletes get prepped when they're going to get interviewed and talked to. No, and I just was like, yeah. how does she, how does she not, you know, shit, you have, you know, NBA players that come right off the court and they, you know, they, that's their opportunity to talk the massive shit. And let me tell you the time and the place is like, you know, they, he, he, he knew he wasn't ready for the game. I mean, and I'm just, okay. They had, she wasn't prepped. She wasn't prepped. That was not, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm more of like, you know, let the sister live because 20 years from now, she can look back at this and laugh. Like, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, I, granted, you know, it was a major disappointment, you know, for the U.S., for black people, whatever it was. You know, but like, let the girl live. Like, she's been through a lot. And I just, I can't imagine the pressure. You know, like, now we live in the, in the age of social media. Like, I'm just like, yo, this girl is still, is still running. She's fast. You know, it's sure. not, yeah, a, lot yeah. of, a lot of people talking is like, I don't want to run like that. I'm not doing a hundred meter dash like that. So, yeah. you know, I think be careful. And and I will give it to her because she's like, she's Miss Self-Affirming. She will affirm her damn self no matter what you say about her. She's, she comes for her damn self. So I'm, I'm going to give Shikari that. She's um, her own hype man. She's her own hype man. Definitely. You got to be. You got to be. You got to be. Off for, this, for this generation. She's, <laughs> she's about that. She's about that life when it comes to herself. So, I you know, I do give her that. Um, I will say, cause I, you know, I don't know if you, if you heard or, you know, is she, is she a lesbian? Is she identifies as the LGBTQ TT? I don't know, but if this is what I'm thinking from the female that I see that comes out, like you said, she like really like pumps herself. I would think if she was, that would be like a flag that she would wear like on her back. I could, I don't see her being in secret for something like that. Well, cause remember, cause so she said, you know, this was some time ago, she had sent a tweet or something about Lil Nas or saying something basically like, if you support him, unfollow me. And he even tweeted, you know, his support for her after she lost his last race. But I'm, I'm, I mean, you know, the internet was kind of saying, you know, she got a girlfriend. She, whatever. I mean, you know, do you? But you're right, like, you know, all the lashes and the lace fronts. You, you, and 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 you talking, you a lesbian too? I'm pretty sure you would. Yeah, just just to say they talking shit, but I'm still the fastest and I'm here and I ain't going nowhere. Like that kind of sounds as though somebody publicly who will be the same one to be like, this is who I am and yeah and what. Doesn't she, won't you kind of get that from her? Maybe. Like proudly? What is she, is she 18, 19? 18. She's like 19. I gotta, I gotta give her so much credit. Yeah. yeah she's, she got, she's got some, she's got a way to go. So I'm just like, leave the sister alone. Good Lord. But listen, the, you got, that, that was funny. The, the beams was funny. Okay. <laughs> cool running. You're funny. She got smoked like a Jamaican blonde. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine the three Jamaican girls like on the bus back cracking up? <laughs> <laughs> Ah, Shelly, Shelly, did you see her? Did you see her? She made me run, Shelly. Let me get my cornbread and tea, and we're gonna no, not cornbread, porridge. My porridge and, my, and tea, and we're gonna talk about it. Mm -mm. Mm. I don't have, a, I don't have a good accent, so forgive me, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't even good, wasn't even good. Keep, keep running cool runnings okay cool runnings all right well we'll see her soon mm -hmm. i'm sure she will i'm sure we will like we've not seen the last of shikari so she'll be back she said, she said to be continued to be yeah. continued mm -hmm. i believe yeah. it too all yeah. right okay um moving on so we you know we got an abbreviated show we got to go right into the woke minute so all right um, this woke minute, I wanted to just give some information and just talk about what's going on in Afghanistan. You know, it's it's a, it's in the news. We we see what's you know we we see the pictures of what's going on, the video of of what's happening over there. But you know, I being I don't call myself a conspiracy theorist, but I got theories. So I'm I'm just giving my you know my take on what's going on over there. So. 
you know, and basically, you know, a lot of a lot of times you watch news and it's like you don't even know what I mean, what you know, what's what's going on now? Like there's there's always a story and then there's always like the understory. For me, anytime I want um, to get a better understanding of what's going on globally, I mean, I just go to Al Jazeera. I mean, <laughs> tell me personally, you know, you kind of get a, a different side of it because mm-hmm. America, United States, we have a way of especially when po- reporting in the media of. You know, we're always the heroes. We're always mm-hmm. making ourselves seem like, you know, we're number one. Mm. Then you go to these other, you know, other countries, other places, and it's like, that's not so. So this is definitely the case here. So let's just kind of break down what, you know, just give a little snippet of what's going on. So mm-hmm. um, as we know, the Taliban has taken over Afghanistan. Now, the Taliban ran Afghanistan back in the 1990s until the U.S., and I'm, I'm going to say we interchangeably, but, you know, there's the United States. We invaded back in 2001 after 9-11. Now, the reason that we said we were doing that is basically because the Taliban um, in Afghanistan, they were harboring al-Qaeda. Remember, al-Qaeda is the one that we collect or link to what was going on in 9-11. So, um, you know, Taliban is now taking over the country. So let's go back. What happened last year when number 45, he signed this basically this agreement with the Taliban that would pull out U.S. military troops out outside of, you know, outside of Kabul, outside of Afghanistan. And then your president Biden, he didn't announce like, look, you know, I'm kind of tied to what Trump did. I got to pull the troops out or we're going to start basically another uh, a, a third decade of war. Because remind you, we've been out there since, you know, the 90s. Oh, my so God. The plan was to pull out of the U.S. And, you know, even though you had uh, analysts talking like, you know, it'll take a while for the government to kind of in Afghanistan to kind of get their footing. Basically, the Taliban came in, they moved in and took over. I think it was like five days, took over city after city. Like Mm -hmm. this has been a planned, you know, this is I would say this is about 20 years in the making. So they took over. Now, Mm -hmm. the Taliban, who is it's largely made up of Sunni Muslims, Mm -hmm. their belief system you know, radical as it may be, but they believe that they are, they represent the Afghan people. They represent the Afghan culture. They believe that they are the dominant religion that should be taking over Afghanistan. So all for these reasons, you know, they believe that they should be in charge. So right now, the idea is that they're going to be establishing this like, you know, inclusive Islamic government, um, you know, where although they'll be following Islamic law, they're going to provide, so they say, a secure environment um, for people to basically live, you know, kind of return back to normal life. But Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, as we've seen, and as a lot has been reported, is that most Afghans are very distrusting of the Taliban. they fear, you know, it's very violent, especially when it comes to women and children. And we've been seeing, you know, the footage and, and uh, the videos that have been leaked, what's going on. I mean, you have you have uh, people who cannot go back to schools. You know, the women are not allowed to go to school. I, I think they might have changed it. So, you know, there's everybody's side eye in the Taliban. So and also the one of the things is they want to change the name of Afghanistan back to the Islamic Emirate of of Afghanistan, mm-hmm. which is what they were called uh, prior to 9-11. So, you know, there's been a lot of bombings. There's been stonings. I've seen video of women being stoned in the streets. I mean, it's it's not it's not a good situation at all. I mean, the president of Afghanistan, I mean, he basically got on a plane and and, and fled. Um, I, I heard that he was trying to come into the United States by way of of uh, maybe Iran, if I'm if I'm not if I'm if I'm correct. Um, so he left the the Afghan National Forces. Uh, you know they're weakened. There's a lot of different reasons reasons as to why, but they basically didn't put up a fight. So now you got about uh, they're estimating about forty thousand Afghan nationals are trying to get out of Afghanistan, you know, fearing the future of what's going to happen with Taliban rule. So that's what we've been seeing, those videos of people at the airports, hanging on the planes, Mm -hmm. you know, coming off of the off the planes as they've taken flight. I mean, it's 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 madness over there. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that this is where my, you know, my my research always kicks in and what I want to understand. And I've been under I've, you know, kind of been at this for a while. I remember because I, you know, I worked in the World Trade Center. I remember what, you know, what 9-11 did. But this is a culmination of uh, geopolitics at play. And what I mean by that is understanding that Afghanistan is is 
it's arguably the richest country in the world in terms of minerals, in terms of resources. There's an estimate I've seen. It's like upwards of three trillion dollars mm-hmm. um, that this country uh, that the country is worth. So let's let's you know putting that in perspective. Why the United States has been there in the first place is going over 20 years. The U.S. you know using our tax dollars. And let's let's not forget, we backed the Taliban years ago. The reason being was to gain control of the minerals and basically exert power over the Soviet Union, which and even Iran and China, because at that time and we're talking like the 90s up until the early 2000s, you know, Soviet Union, if we remember, there is no more Soviet Union, you know, basically they they've lost control. Mm -hmm. And this is all about resources. So. You know, during the Reagan years, and I remember I was a little girl, but I, you know, if you remember hearing about, um, you know, what was going on, we were basically recruiting the Taliban or the Mujahideen, who, you know, their predecessor, um, to fight and beat the Soviet Union. All about power, all about, all about control. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember back in during the Clinton era, and if you remember, I mean, you would see they were basically Taliban nationals who were coming over here mm-hmm. on America's, you know, on, our, on the U.S. dime, on our tax dollars to kind of have a good time. They were going to like Disney World and all these other places. The reason being is we, you know, during Clinton's era, we had basically put together a pipeline to pull out the resources, to pull out the minerals in Afghanistan. And in exchange for that, you know, we gave the Taliban a cut. Mm-hmm. a huge cut and mm-hmm. we treated them pretty much like royalty for a, a long period of time now you know fast forward what's going on you know we we're acting like we're helping you know we sent troops over there you know to and now we're pulling them out and of course the government of course collapsed but this is all a money thing you know our tax money mm-hmm. going into afghanistan all these years you know, we funded a military. That's basically what we did. We did no rebuilding. You know, they said very little was used for reconstruction. Our money was basically to fight a war, to keep power, exert power over over that over that area. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you when you see the when you talk to or you know the Afghani people, there's a lot of animosity that they have towards the United States. Um, and rightfully so. I mean, you're, you're living in a place where, the, you know, airstrikes are killing civilians. And those airstrikes, they're, they're, they're U.S. planes. I mean, you don't have Afghan Afghans or Taliban flying over, you know, flying over in jets and, and, and causing these airstrikes. It's right. us. So, right. you know, imagine getting bombed for over 20 years by a foreign invader who supposedly came as a friend, but basically we're pillaging and taking all their resources and then we just leave. So, you know, the United States has basically created this monster, you know, and a lot of times we like to come in and say, oh, we, we're coming in as the heroes, the knight in right. shining armor. But, um, you know, we started, supposedly we, you know, we, we started that war on terrorism, you know, and after a while, it, it's, it's we, we are the ones, and I, I hate saying we, I like to not identify myself, but this is what's going on. You know, we're the ones who started the terrorism in the first place. So this is what the people of, of Afghanistan are dealing with right now. Um, a lot of them are looking to seek asylum and come, um, you know, to neighboring countries. I read somewhere where Putin, you know, basically said, you know, was warning that terrorists disguised as refugees um, mm-hmm. are posing a huge threat um, yeah. to the neighboring country. So this is what's all going on right now. I don't know if you have any thoughts on it or what, you know, but that, but you know, this is, this has been in the making for a very long time, um, you know, 20 plus years or so. And we are now, you know, the, the chickens are coming home to roost, so to speak. Right. This is a lot. Like you broke it down. I just know since we were kids, I remember turning on the news and seeing that they lived like kids lived in terrorism, like the shotguns that they had. Um, I remember. Just looking how you talk about the Reagan era to the Clinton era, like we've been, you know, in bed uh, with with this power struggle and it's all about money. And that's the sad part about it. Like it's it's all about mm-hmm. money. And, um, you know, it just makes me think I remember going to the bodega in Harlem and I remember, you know, stretch of bodegas. And there was usually, mm-hmm. um, you know, Afghanistan, I would say Afghanistan. And, and I remember hearing one of the gentlemen say, like, I'm from Afghanistan with an accent. And I didn't really understand, like, well, where is that? And he would have pictures on the outside of their candy cases of like kids with like shotguns, like Mm -hmm. big, big, like I'm talking big guns, 
like like yeah that's my son i'm proud of him and this is my nephew and i'd be like oh wow like 47 i remember that oh my god yeah remember that and i just like oh wow like and i remember like telling my telling our grandparents like you see the picture of their kids like they got guns like their picture days are different like, mm-hmm. like I, wow um so just to see that this has been going on for years and now like where am i at in life like i'm and this is still going on it's so sad and um i did see the footage of people, you know, grabbing onto the airplane and falling. And just the first thing I thought was desperation. How desperate do you have to be? And it just really brought tears in my eyes to see these people. And it, it's just so sad. It's so sad. Yep, and, it's, so. and it's all about the money. That's the part, like minerals, like really. And power, yep. Money, power, respect. This is what it's all about. That's what it's all about. And I remember Michael Moore did a documentary years ago and he uncovered, you know, a lot of the people that were responsible for 9-11. It's the U.S. that housed them in the prison in Cuba. Mm-hmm. Like, and here they are playing ping pong. This is, They're living good over here. Why is that? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's disgusting. Oh, yeah. That is yeah. disgusting. Yep. Absolutely. So, so prayer, prayers yep, to uh, Afghanistan, yep. you know. Mm-hmm. This is- yep. We, we believe in different higher powers, but my heart and prayers still go out to them mm-hmm. know, just, just because they're humans. And uh, nobody deserves that. Absolutely. All right. Well, so we have made it to the weekend D segment. And you got it going on. I used to be scared of the dick. Now I throw lips to the shit. Handle it like a real bitch. Have the hunter. Janet Jack me. Take it in the bun. Yeah. We are here. You see, somebody's excited. However, we have a special guest. So we have we have my good friend. We have um we have some male male uh, testosterone in the building right now, and this is my very good friend, who's an author of uh, Shallow River to Deep Ocean, and this is Mr. Michael Navarrete. He's a writer. He's a podcaster. He's a relationship coach, uh, straight out of Jersey. This is my homie. Um, yes, this is my homie, and we are so proud mm-hmm. of him. And he is here to shoot the shit with us. Everybody, welcome, hey. Mr. Mike Navarrete. Woo! What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? I'm super excited to be here. I'm a big fan. I've told you that guy. I've told you guys that I support you in everything you do, whether it's your content, whether it's your podcast. I'm a huge fan to Tara's comedy all around. I think you guys are fabulous. I'm really excited to be here. Um, Been looking forward to it all day, talking, telling all kinds of people, oh, I'm going to be on the podcast. Oh, my God. So I'm making it a big deal on my end. It's definitely a big deal on my end. Okay. All right. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. No, so no let's get right into it because I, I am just, I'm so proud of you too. So I just want to put that out there. We are proud of you. you. Like this is, you know, and this, this is huge. I'm just saying, like, I know your writing is cathartic. Like, this is a whole therapy session, cathartic mm-hmm. piece that you've done. So tell us a little bit about your book and why you wrote it. There's not a lot to it in terms of why I wrote it. Right? It's who kind of I wrote it to. When I think about it, one of the main things was, Shatara knows I'm a father. I love my daughter. I And I, I've, as I've gotten older, I've tried to model myself after the, after the type of man that I want for her. So I said, I'm going to write a book that I would want my daughter's future husband to read. Mm. You know what I mean? To kind of like read this. This is the handbook on how I want you to treat my daughter. Okay? So that's where the origin of the book came from. But then... Um, the reason I wrote the book was because I've been the sounding board to a lot of my friends and family where they come to me with a lot of relationship issues and I've developed techniques on giving advice. And I was like, yo, you know what, Mike, why don't you start putting these thoughts down to paper? And it's funny because I go by a moniker called dropping dimes on my social media. And I literally got that name from Shatara. One day we were talking and she goes, oh my God, you be dropping those dimes on me. And it like a little, it came to me like a song I wrote. You know what I'm saying? Like real quick, boop, oh, you know what? Let me write that, let me write that down. And from that day on, I've been dropping dimes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's fantastic. Yeah, but you know, I, people come to me and I just sit and I think, and what I've learned to do is number one, what I found the way men give advice is we lead with our ego. So if they're talking about, oh, your wife cheated on, I mean, you gotta leave her, da, da, da. A lot of times what they're doing is they're giving you that advice with their ego. Where yeah, I'll take my ego yeah. out of it and I'll say, how do you feel? Do you really love her? Is it something salvageable? Is there something, you know, what happened? And I kind of got to go past my ego to give me the advice. And second, I don't, introdu- I don't uh, inject my past experience. Because mm. when women give advice, right, what they love to say is stuff like, and I'm not, not all women, but someone will say stuff like, 
Oh, he cheated. Oh, he ain't shit. Don't ever be with a man. Da da da. What they never do is finish the sentence. Don't ever mm. do that. Da da da. Because that's what I did. They leave that. That's what I did out of it. <laughs> so they make that the part. women. Yeah, they make the women mm. feel like they're stupid. You didn't. Oh my god, I can't believe you're a fool. You're falling for that. You're going through that. And they always leave out the part about how. Yeah, because I was stupid once too. You know what I mean? And I think I've been able to do that with people. I take that part out of it and I let people know, yeah, I'm not shit. And I haven't been shit for a long time. I'm just kind of, this this nice guy, this relationship guy, this takes work. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm, re I'm really right. not shit. And every other day I want to cheat. And every other day I want to fuck around with my neighbor and I want to do this and I want to go get some new pussy. But you know what? I'm working on myself. So I don't ever make you feel like you're being judged because I'm not shit either. You know what I mean? And that's kind of Ooh. the approach that I take when, no. and how I ended up, you know, I decided to put the thought to paper, you know what I mean? And started off early. And luckily yeah. I have women around me. I have women around me that I will check in with. Hey, is this what you're thinking? Right. Hey, is yeah. this what's going on? Hey, let me send you this. Read this for me. You know, one of your sisters, Chanel was an intricate part. Hey, what do you think of this? And me and her, we, we butt heads and we argue. So it's like, she'll tell me right away, no. And then I have to kind of battle my point and it just, uh -huh. it's sharpened, iron sharpened iron. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those kind of things happen, you know, and it all just I kind of it. came together. Yeah. It's so funny because on the way to your book signing, um, I forget what the conversation was and it was uh, my husband and Sean. And I said like, well, you know, I, I still found out that I still ain't shit a little bit. <laughs> I, 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 um, I tested negative for COVID and I got the vaccination, but I ain't shit a little bit. It's still in my, it's still in my system <laughs> yeah. a little bit. And Sean gonna say, Oh, don't say that because that means it's hereditary. <laughs> Yo, listen. Oh my God. Yo, I ain't shit a little bit. Just a little bit. You know what I'm saying? It's still in me. I still, I still got a little ain't shit in me, you know, and I'm not proud of that, but those, that's those, how I know you're my brother. Those thoughts click, click into your head and then you're mm. like, nah, mm. nah, but they're there. And, and let me tell you something. You know what the crazy part about it is? It's like people don't understand how much work you put in to be the person you are. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. They that's what they don't understand. Like, this is work, and I, I want to be here. That's and I'm here want. by choice because I love right. you and because you're mm -hmm. worth it. And that's why I'm putting this energy into you. But right. guess what? If this shit don't work... Oh, oh, these streets is gonna be. Oh, no, no, I hate you. I hate you. Ain't, ain't no grass growing under these feet. Happy dance, happy dance. I'm out. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, Wait a minute. Okay, so it sounds like you know you and I know this. You have so much wisdom that you bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And it seems like this was like a walk in the park just for you to write, like off the top, like boom, 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 boom. But what was the most difficult part of writing your book? Like, what would yeah. you say? Imposter yeah. syndrome. What was difficult. Imposter syndrome. A hundred percent, the hardest part uh -huh. of writing this uh -huh. book, aside from paying for it and doing all that, imposter syndrome. You get to the point where you understand. So I'm, I'm right. I write this book, right? But it's mine. It's only mine. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then comes the point where I get an editor, a friend of mine. She's a novelist. She's like, hey, look, I've been talking to, to Jesse, who's a guy that I actually was a relationship coach for, and he's like, mm -hmm. she's like, she says that you know, he says you're writing something. I wanna, I wanna hear what you have. Now mm -hmm. it's no longer just mine. Now I have to share it. So this, mm -hmm. this, this thing that's private, now I have to share it. And I'm super insecure about it. I'm the guy that when I'm on Facebook, it's like, my man, it's there, not there. Yo, my man, you spelled that. And I really thought when I had to press the button to send my manuscript to my editor, what I felt was that somebody was going to hop out, gotcha, and pull it back mm -hmm. a file with every misspelling I ever had on social media. Oh, every single misspelling and be like you the guy who doesn't know how to spell restaurant you you're gonna you're writing a book get the fuck and i really literally felt that to the point where a tear rolled down my eye and i did it anyway i said send so now i'm past okay. that yeah now i'm past okay, that right now i have okay, to send Drake. it to the publisher now i have uh -huh. to send it to the publisher and the same feeling i'm in the car with my mom grown-ass man big as hell looking at her and she's like what's wrong and like a Five-year-old, I just start bawling. She's like, what? what? What's, what's like, yo, shit, did something hurt? What happened? And I'm looking at her like, and I'm trying to explain because she's Spanish, she speaks Spanish. So I'm trying to, in my broken Spanish, trying to explain to her what's going on. And it's not coming out right. So now it's frustrating me even more. So now I come home. Luckily, I have my girlfriend. I sit down. I, I'm chatting with her, just talking to her. And she's walking me through it. And she's letting me know that, yo, listen, regardless of what, 
comes out of this. You did something that not a lot of people do. You know what I mean? Yes. So at the end of the day, be proud of that and stand on it. And I kind of had to suck it up. But the hardest thing to do was send it to the publisher because now mm-hmm. it was going out into the world. Wow. It was no longer under my right. control. Now it's going out into the world. And once it goes out into the world, you know how social media goes. Now you yeah. got trolls, you got people, everybody's judging, everybody's making a joke, blah, 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 blah. and you're like hypersensitive at first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then over time you realize, you know what? At the end of the day, I did it and that's it, move on. And now it's on to right. the next, you know what I mean? Make the positive. Right, yeah. right. And you did that. Like, you know how it sounds corny. You did that, no, you really did that. You did that. And like, it took you, me a minute. You yeah. it. And you said, you like, I'm going to write a book. You're like, right, I remember. Book. Remember? We were and, by the pool. We were yeah. by the pool and I was telling you all about it. Yeah. yeah. And we shoot the shit so much. Like what people don't know is that me and Mike go back to college. Like yeah. this is this is my college, this is my homie. And yeah. the way I can establish who he is to me in my life, and you know, we're family. And I always say that for he's sure. the godfather to my children. For and sure. people, you got kids? I'm like, not yet. But <laughs> yeah, he's the sure. godfather to my children. You know what? Like that's Absolutely. who you are. Honor you know? and privilege. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just like, you know, it, it's 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 well overdue to be honest with you like i'm not surprised kind of like when people hear i do comedy there's a lot of people that are like duh like we're not surprised yeah we knew the story you forever wrote. right <laughs> yeah like okay yeah. They, you know you write this book like oh okay like yeah mike like you know but it took you to come to a certain place in your life right yes. to be able to to share this and expose it so in regards to communication because we that's one thing that we i think have been talking about whether it be lack of communication you know because you've seen me date dudes like you shit you've seen it all right, right, um, right. and i've seen the same with you too you know what i mean absolutely we should get a best book. friend chain <laughs> a best friend chain that says ain't shit a little bit and we should oh. break it and do it. <laughs> oh my god right? oh Lord. okay so that brings me to my next question mm-hmm. so you um, talk in your in one of your chapters about communication, and you compare communication in a relationship to the immune system, which I thought was very clever. And if you can just give a breakdown to some of the listeners, I think a lot of women need to hear this on behalf of men. What have you pulled out of that? Here's the that thing. was good. That was good, Mike. What I, what I find is that for women, communication equals love. Okay? Mm. And it's one of those yeah. things where yeah. if you've ever come home from work with your partner, and you ask your husband or your boyfriend, hey, how was your day? He's going to look at you and go, it was all right. You know what she really wants? She really wants you to ask her, how was your day? Because the minute you ask your girl how her day was, she's going to tell you, well, Sheila blew up the microwave at work. And then, Donna, you know, she's trying to take my job. I can't stand her. And she's going to give you a full rundown of everything. What is that about? That's about she's going to communicate with the man that she loves. She's going to tell him. She, she lets that out. She vents to him. Okay? Right. For a man, vulnerability equals love. Okay, so we can talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. Communication doesn't mean much. You know what I mean? It's why when things are bad and a woman goes silent, that's when you need to that's worry. It. See, a lot of guys we worry when men when women are bitching and moaning at us. What they don't understand is that while she's bitching and moaning, she still cares. It's when she's quiet and she, the communication breaks down that mentally she's starting to check out. And that's that when you need exactly to worry. Exactly right. That is exactly right. right. And, mm-hmm, and that's when you mm-hmm. need to worry. So yeah. as long as the lines of communication are open and you guys and, and your woman in your life is sharing with you and she's talking to you and you guys are communicating, there's really nothing that can pop up in a relationship that you guys can't work through. It's when the communication is broken down, that bitterness, um, that that resentment starts to bubble and things aren't said. So you're not understanding why she's upset with you. And you're not understanding why she's upset with you. And you guys aren't really, and all of a sudden giving each other silent treatment and da-da-da, where all you have to have is a simple conversation. You know, yesterday, you know, you left the toilet seat up and I got my ass wet. You know what I mean? And something simple. (laughs) And all of a sudden, it's a big deal at breakfast where all you had to do was talk about it. Communication. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the thing with a relationship. You have a man and a woman, right? When they're married or they're in a relationship, what tends to happen is they'll remember that I'll remember you're my wife. I'll remember you're the mother of my children. You know what I forget? I forget that you're a woman first. Mm. And I stop addressing the woman in you. And I only address the the wife and I only address the mother. And I stop addressing, so I stop courting you. I stop treating you. I stop flirting with you in ways that you need to be, you know, courted. 
You know what I mean? There's things that you, if you think back to when you were dating someone and how they treated you and how they talked to you and how they were so mindful of certain things. But then all of a sudden, when the day to day starts to happen, all of a sudden I'm just the husband and dad. Guess what? Mm-hmm. She's coming to sleep in flannel pajamas. She's, you know, she's wearing the bonnet. You know what I mean? She don't give a shit because that's my husband. But guess what? You're forgetting that I'm also a man. You know, and COVID has really forced that hand because now it makes people stay in the same space. See, here's what happens. When you have children, okay, a lot of times that communication chain gets broken because now you everything you do starts, you start to communicate through your kids. So it's, did you pick this up? Did we fix this? We have to be here, this. The bills have to do this. How much conversation are you asking about them personally? If you're lucky, mm-hmm. when you go to bed, you get a few minutes of pillow time and that pillow talk. Mm-hmm. But guess what? That's not enough for her. That communicate that, that small amount of communication is not enough for her. She needs more. You know what I mean? Right. And that exactly. starts to rear its ugly right. head. It starts to rear its ugly head in other areas yeah. of the relationship. So now you're not having sex. And you're like, how come me and my wife ain't having sex? She don't want me. She don't. No, no, no. You're not communicating with her. You're not putting in her mental space where she feels good, sexy, free to be able to enjoy the pleasure that you guys are trying to engage in. You know what I mean? So communication is the, is the starting point of everything. Mm-hmm. And, of everything. and you hit on that so like perfectly just through your pages that I'm like, I know so many people that I want to reach back and give give this that chapter to. Like, can you just read this? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I can even say as as um, you know, well, a former divorce attorney, that was a big thing. Like, you know, what what was the breakdown of the marriage of the relationship? And, you know, it, it wasn't the cheating, although you know that has a lot to do. It wasn't the finances, but it was the communication. That's where it all started. Poor you know, it was like this was like the gut of the relationship was what happened to the communication because with the miscommunications and the non-communication that bought in, that opened the door for other things, for third parties, whether that exactly. was a person, a place, a thing, that's, you know, that's where it started from was that communication. And that piece is so important. Like you said, you know, for, for a woman, it's very true that, you know, when she stops communicating, that's, that's pretty much it. That's it. You know, mm-hmm. because she doesn't care if she cares enough to communicate, whether that is it through frustration, you know, that then that's something to communicate as to why that's going on. Then at least you have some way to start. But, I want, you know, once she shuts down, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, that's OK. Everything's back out. Right? Yeah, yeah, I always give you know, I always give the example. If I go mm-hmm. home and my clothes is all over the front lawn, mm-hmm. I could get her back. She still loves me. But if I go home. And my clothes is neatly packed where it can't get wet or stolen. It's over. It is over. You know what I'm saying? The opposite of love is not hate. It's indifference. And when a woman becomes indifferent towards you and it's part of the the separation, it's her mentally separating herself. I always say women break up with you four to six months before she ever leaves you. Men break up the day their ego is bruised and no repair. So like we're sitting across each other. You say it's over. Yep. Yeah. It's crazy, but yeah, that's that, and that's that's my little spiel on communication. Okay, so talk about the mental orgasm. That was a that was a topic. What's 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 up with that? The mental orgasm is a lesson that men learn when they can't hang like they used to. Unfortunately, it's a lesson that I wish I would have had a much earlier. But it's all designed around the fact that when you get older. You think of a basketball player, an NBA player. When they're young, their game revolves around speed, energy, dunking, fast, right? But as you get older, your body doesn't function the way it once did. Okay, so you have to kind of, your IQ of the game has to go up. And you kind of have to stop working as hard and really understand the nuances of the game. And I took that same theory and I said, you know what? The same thing applies to a woman. When you meet a woman, yeah, when you're young, You work harder, not smarter. You work from the body to the mind. As you get older, you understand that a woman's orgasm initiates between her ears. They say Mm -hmm. women fall in love with their, what is it? Women fall in love with their ears. Men fall in love with their eyes. It's why men lie when we wear makeup, Mm -hmm. right? And the the truth is, you know, once you learn that and you really understand it, you're like, yeah, you're right. Communication, if communication equals love, well, why does that equal love? Why? Because you need to make her think. You need to touch parts of her brain and open up parts of her brain to you 
that she hasn't opened up to anybody else. How do you do that? You do that by helping her clean, clear mental space. Mm. See, when you talk to women, what you start to learn is that um, as, a, as a young guy, let me put it like this, as a young guy, when a woman was about to orgasm, she'd be like, like you, you would kind of feel her going into her mind, in her brain, like slowing things down and just kind of like really going into the moment, right? And then mm-hmm. that's when she's able to orgasm, right? But what you did was you went from the body to the mind. That's what you did. How, what if I can get a woman to go from the mind to the body? So as a person who is not physically in the shape that I once was, as a person who has health issues, I didn't have the luxury of going physical to the, to the mind. You know what I mean? I had to go and figure out. I have this beautiful woman. She's virile. She's... She has a high sex drive. She's energetic. And I want to keep her. <laughs> okay. right? And I want to keep her. Right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I looked at her and I said, challenge accepted. What, challenge. How do I do this? How do I, how do I understand what's going on here? And what I realized that the happier I made her, the more fulfilled she was. Right? The more I stimulated her mentally, the more I cleared. So if she had an issue, a problem, and I was able to provide the safety and security necessary, to make her feel comfortable, to make her feel safe, secure, to take problems off of that. So I look at it like this. The brain is like a closet. Yeah. Okay. And in the back of that closet is sex and orgasm. And before that is, you know, whether it's bills, problems, issues, whatever. As a man, if I can go in there to that closet or mental closet and literally one by one help her clear some space mm-hmm. so that all that's left is the ability to relax and enjoy fully be present in our moment i'm winning that's how i win so what i said to myself is okay this is what i'm gonna do i'm smart i'm lazy i'm also very lazy okay i'm very lazy so i said you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna touch her between the ears and i'm gonna have her so turned out that by the time i whisper i give her a cheek i kiss her i touch her she's ready to explode damn and it's very selfish. It's a very selfish way to, t- but I'm looking at men all around. What you're doing is not working, buddy. You know what I'm saying? I got a lot of 40 plus year old friends mm-hmm. and I tell them, I'm like, Papa, you're not fooling anybody, bro. <laughs> you're not fooling anybody. You you're you're probably, you. I know you, you're taking dick pills and calcium right now. Stop <laughs> fucking around with me, bro. And you're, walk- and you're walking around with one ball. You're walking around with one ball. Don't, don't lie to me, bro. You can lie to everybody else. But you're not lying to me, Papa. That blue pill, I know what you got in your closet. Don't come on. Don't front. And you know what? Now, what I'm finding is that men, we're much more vulnerable with each other. And we're much more open. We're kind of developing these relationships where now we talk to each other. We're like, yeah, man, bro, my back hurts. I don't, man, you know, I only eat her pussy because I don't want to fuck anymore. I'm tired. You know what I'm saying? And we have these real conversations. But you love your wife. But you love your girl. So what if we're able to give them the secret? Hey, look. Do these things, put these things in place, and you will end up working smarter, not harder. You will work from the mind to the body, not the body to the mind. And then when you share this information with women, you talk to them, they won't tell me, yeah, you're right, absolutely. Because there comes a point where physically you're just not as attracted to each other as you once were. You're just not. You're still cute. I still find you pretty. I still, that's fine. But that's not the priority anymore. Now the priority is our family, our house, our bills, our our future. You know what I mean? And if you can stimulate my mind by, A, showing me passion towards our family, passion towards our house, passion towards providing for me, passion towards making me feel safe, making me feel secure, letting me know that, yo, I'm special in your life, guess what? That's winning the battle. That's the winning battle, especially for older men, especially for guys that aren't on their game like they used to. So mm-hmm. now that's good. So if you're looking, okay, so I was also questioning like, okay, so what's the age range of men that you think would really grasp all of this? And also um, I wanted to know about your chapter regarding infidelity. So I kind of like, I'm wrapping it all up in one because um, the age part, you know, you're talking about older men, you know, would a 20 something year old get really like the gems, look, the, the dimes that you're dropping on me here. Here's and also thing. with infidelity, you know, you basically put it like this. Listen, if you're a dude who's trying to get better and, uh, you know, you fucked up and, you know, you made it out the doghouse, okay, fine. But if you're somebody who's like, you know, monogamy is not your jam and you just, like, you want to consistently still fuck up, 
but but you want to still look good, this book is not for you. Right. Right? It's, Something like, okay. So no, no, yeah, it's that. absolutely. So I'm going to touch on the infidelity part. Okay. So when I wrote this book, if I could picture, if I could, let's, let's do the age range part of it. Okay. The age okay. range part of it is not so much about an age. There's So this, this is the type of book where you chew the meat, spit out the bones. So there's going to be chapters mm. that apply to you. There's going to be chapters that don't. There's going to be the part about, you know, the mental orgasm where I talk about maybe your game is not on point, but you're still young. You still have it. So you don't look at it that, but you could read it and say, shit, if I learn these tricks now, damn, I can start working less and less hard now. I can learn, I can learn from this now. But then there's other parts of the book where if you've been married 30 years, you're like, ah, we've been there, done that. I'm not listening to this. But mm-hmm. there's also parts about intimacy and also parts about reconnecting with your wife that, yo, you know what? You know, I can take that part. There's there's always room for growth. But if I could point to two people, right? If I said to you, my core audience. Ideally, in the ideal world, my core audience would be the King of Queens or Everybody Loves Raymond. If you could grab those two guys, they love their wife. Mm-hmm. You know, they do everything for their family. They work hard. They're great guys, but they're constantly fucking up. Yeah. They're constantly messing up. They're struggling. She wants the sex that they have is eh. Why? Because eh. You know what I mean? Everything is average. These are great guys that should be having great sex. These are great guys that should be getting the best from their wives. But you know what? They're not doing their part. They're constantly in the doghouse. They're constantly, uh, whether they're, they say things that are insensitive. You know what I mean? So if I can right. grab a guy that's a good guy, I can help you get to great. And that leads me to the infidelity part. Okay. My book is about going from good to great. It's not about going from shit to somebody. You know what I mean? If you are still cheating and you're in a relationship, you're actively unfaithful, and, you're, and that's what your thing is, you don't love yourself. How are you in a relationship loving somebody else? Because men can lie to you and they'll say, oh, no, I just I just need new pussy. No, Papa, that's not what it is. What it is is you still haven't found yourself. You still haven't, you're still not loving yourself. And when I talk about it in the book, yeah. I said, you can find a 22-year-old boy or a 40, I mean, a 22-year-old man or a 45-year-old boy. You know what I mean? When mm. not, there's, you know, you, you'll find that. So you'll find a guy that's 45, still slinging dick. And when you talk to them and you, and you really have conversations with them, you start to hear, like, this is these are the conversations that I've had with guys that try to front on me like they're playboys. You know what I'm saying? Guys that try to front on me like they're, they're I'm just a guy that gets women. I'm a doctor and I got money and I got and I just get women. And then when you have conversations, because I like to break people down. I like to have conversation. I don't, I'm not one for small talk. That's, you can miss me with that bullshit. So when we start to talk, I'm like, oh, really? And I just ask general questions and little by little even the smoothest cat that you know the guy that in your mind you're saying nah not him trust me deep down when you get to it he's like yo if i could find somebody that yo you know like filled these gaps in my life and i kind of trusted and i was able to or they dealt with traumas that they had in the past Mm -hmm. they would want to be in a relationship but no it's a lot easier to put a band-aid on something that needs stitches Yep. You know what I'm okay. saying? So like, okay. you, I used to do it when I dated online. That's all I was doing. I was thinking that I had a girl. I'm not gonna go into it, but it was easy. No, I'll go into it. Talk. <laughs> yeah, right. I like to talk, and because women eat up the verbal, you know what I'm saying? Online was my thing. Oh, all I got to do is talk and communicate. Because most guys aren't good communicators. This is easy money. Easy, so, right? Y'all, easy money. So easy so is was, hard. Yeah, so you know what I'm saying? You would look at your, your calendar like, all right, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, chick. Okay, we're good. You know what I mean? It's and what good. I found was, what I found was, I was literally using these women. It's like I was getting high with them. Ooh. Think of them as mm. They get me high, right? So sometimes that high would come in the form of a one-night stand. Sometimes it would come in the form of a three-week relationship. Sometimes it would come in the form of a four months. But then I would ghost them. And they're sitting there wondering what did they did wrong. They did nothing wrong. They just could no longer provide the happiness I couldn't provide myself. Well, the high mm-hmm. was gone. Mm-hmm. Right, the high was gone. And now I'm left. So now I'm in front of this person. You don't make me high anymore. You don't make me happy. Okay, on to the next. And on to the next. And on to the next. Once you're able to provide that happiness from within, and you feel good about yourself. You're in a space where alone is good. Lonely is bad. Alone is good. And you're alone. And you're happy in your own skin. And you're comfortable. Now you don't need those Band-Aids. You've done the work right. to heal. 
So now right. you're good. So now you meet somebody, and before you know it, that's when the person that's for you all of a sudden walks into your life, which is what happened to me. Because I had gone through so much shit, whatever, whatever. I, I was dealing with it, and I hadn't addressed it. Finally, I addressed it through therapy. I healed. And once I healed, and I was like, yo, I love myself. I feel comfortable in my own skin. This is cool. I don't need a woman in my bed because I'm bored or lonely. This is cool. I could just be you know, working on myself, doing different things. Maybe I start writing, whatever. All of a sudden, your mind opens up. Not only can you love, but you're open to being loved. And you feel yourself as love-worthy. See, what a lot of these guys don't say, the part of the story they don't talk about, is how they do what they do because they don't feel love-worthy. You understand okay. what I'm saying? Okay, okay, okay. So, okay. That's, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, now, that, now I'm like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm not like, love-worthy, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> y'all don't y'all don't get it. Y'all don't get no. your dog because you don't feel love worthy. That's why you a dog. Uh, okay, so we all right. So Mike, first of all, thank you so much. No, no for problem. being here. Like and I said, it's my yes. Absolutely. Thank you. You were just Woo. So let me ask you, um, do you have any recent graduates of the Mike Navarrete School of um, uh, uh... <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's so, it's Technologists. So, it, it's, it's so funny that you talk about because I have a couple of interns right now. I got a couple well, of interns. They were not. <laughs> all right. Well, um, well um, I, I'm reviewing applications. So, you know, after this, we can um, you know what I'm <laughs> go, go over some credentials. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh I God. love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So, <laughs> Mike, where can the people find you? Tell us, um, you know. I'm on social media. Um, let's start there. What do you call, okay. First of all, you can find my book on Book Baby, Amazon, Walmart, uh, Barnes & Noble. Anywhere you can buy a book, you can yeah. find my book. Worldwide. Okay, yes. that's number one. Okay. Uh, you can find me at Mr. Underscore Dropping Dimes on Instagram. You can find me at Dropping Dimes my Facebook uh, page, or you could also find me at Mr. Dropping Dimes, Dropping Dimes, what he really means. You could also see me on YouTube, um, Dropping Dimes with Mike Nav. Those are my, right now, those are my platforms. All right, all right. Mike, you're the bomb.com. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, thank you so much for, you know, kicking it with us and kicking the knowledge. And um, I'm serious about those recent grads of the the course. (laughs) No, no problem, no problem. I'll keep keep an ear out for sure. All right, sounds good. We got to have you back for for your next book. We got to have you back, okay? Whenever, whenever you guys need me, I'm here for you. Like I said, you guys are family. I'm open. Thank when you. I'm... Appreciate you. Yeah, give it up, right. y'all, for Mr. Mike Neverrun. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, y'all, we've come to the end. We'd like to thank our special guest, Mike Navarrete, for a wonderful time. Also, y'all, please like, share, and subscribe to That's What I'm Saying, the podcast. Listen on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora, wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, watch That's What I'm Saying, the TV show, weekdays on Island TV or on the Island TV app. And Shatara, what else do we need to let them know? We need to let you know that if you have a question for the Weekend D Report, DM us, get social, talk to us. We want to hear what you have to say. Also, if you want to keep up to date on all my upcoming comedy shows, as well as our podcast and TV events, because y'all know we're bringing the funny, then get social with us. Follow us on Instagram at TwistPod, that's T-W-I-S-P-O-D. And or you can go to our website at www.twistpod.com. Guess what? You can even send an email. Boom. No excuse. That's what I'm saying. Podcast at gmail.com. And as always, thank you for listening. Until next time, stay healthy, stay well. Peace out, y'all. Peace, y'all.